It is. It's the, not, the thing is, we cannot use parasitic in a term of, of demonization. We're it, not trying no, to no, de but, demonize but par- anyone. But, but there but is there, a parasitic but, but, relationship. Uh, yeah, but I feel like, I mean, if you solve the issue, the charity goes away. Like ben- <laughs> That's uh, the charity needs the issue to exist. The government allows the issue to exist so that they don't have to have the pressure of solving it. So everyone is essentially a parasite off of the issue at hand. But the issue existed already. It's not like the charity created. Welcome to Retraction. I'm Antoine. I'm Jamie, and we are reversing course through discourse. Also note as the podcast where Jamie fever dreams of a day Donald Trump is paraded atop a tomato cart from county to county while onlookers throw fruit and veggies, all the while yelling shame, shame, shame for his part in the Jan 6 insurrection. It's episode 78, Retraction. You are using me as an icon for the for the will of many people. I for use the dreams for, of many. Yeah. I, I just I know that you've been You've been basically messaging me a lot about the Jan 6 committee. Um, I've been willfully trying to remain ignorant because I do not think much will come of it. But in the off chance that it becomes revolutionary and, you know, who knows, the first president ever put in putting cuffs to jail, setting a precedent for the, the rest of our long nationhood uh, will be very interesting. It'll be a momentous day. Everything's a precedent. Breaking breaking the law and being being not held accountable is um, a precedent. So, well, yeah, but, but that's I, more, I I'm writing that's more to in you line, about that's more in line with the with the country we live in. That's where's that you, gotten us? And where has that gotten us? Well, let me just say, there's more of that than there is the other. Than there is the oh, I agree, and I don't like I said to you, they're 99 sure nothing is going to happen, but I always reserve a small spot for hope, and um, if there is indeed evidence coming to light then those guilty should be held accountable just like any other citizen. I love it. It's I love it. Kind of it. It's the start of the new rebellion. Episode four. Shouldn't really be a, a new rebellion. It shouldn't, it shouldn't really be a rebellion. It should just be like the normal thing. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Eh, It'll well, be interesting. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I'm not holding my breath. You had the Mueller report. You had the impeachment. You had all this stuff coming out and nothing happened. You it's can go slow- back to, you can go back to like the Bush years and stuff, but this is more modern. I mean, I, I go I go back to the most recent things that have happened within the last couple of years, and there was a lot of stuff that came to light, and nothing happened. That's correct, and that's really really disappointing. That's a slow. Nothing burn. was quite an insurrection. Um, that's a little new. I mean, that's new. Okay. And with the story coming out that I had sent you, what today? Uh, it feels like ages ago, but mm-hmm. the story that recently came out just a few days ago where um, Trump wanted to go to the Capitol during the insurrection mm-hmm. and the Secret Service wouldn't. I mean, the the visual of him walking into the into the Capitol after the breach. I mean, that is I, I feel like that would have been a game changer in terms of that day could have gone very differently. I feel like the intensity of the crowd could have been amplified. Things could have gotten more violent. It was. It, it could have been different. Could have been. It could have been a bad day. Could have been arrested, put in prison, written a very convincing book for a small minority of the population that truly galvanized them and gave them something to to uh, to look forward to and fight for. And then when he gets out of prison, well, I guess it's just really. Uh, I don't. He was still president. Then. Historical- I'm, not, I'm not even going that route. He's still president. He still has the protection of the federal government. And him putting himself into harm's way, like, I don't know. We talk about these, like, constitutional crises all the time, these, like, conflicts of interest. What do you do when your commander-in-chief puts himself in harm's way like that? Which is probably why it didn't happen. But what would have happened then? I I don't – I have a hard time reconciling, like, what would have happened there? A Capitol Police try and push him out and the Secret Service and – Federal well, that agent would never have happened. I, that would never yeah, happen. but it, that's what I mean. So then, what he would have been allowed to just walk through unimpeded yes. with with like an ambulance through traffic and people following him. That's people correct. that did have zip ties and other things with with yeah. with real intent behind them, yeah. and that some poor woman who was storming the Capitol, 
um, did get shot and killed because yeah. they pinned down the Capitol Police and the uh, and Congress. I mean, what would have happened if you just cleared and paved away for that? I mean, it's just it would, things be Emperor, could have it would be Emperor Donald right now. That's basically what it would be. I have no doubt yeah. about that. Well, yeah, luckily, he's a coward. If he was a more <laughs> of a brave man, a, a man who was uh, more well-intentioned in terms of his own uh uh, in terms of uh, yeah, uh, crowning himself emperor. That's what. That's how emperors are are crowned. You. I you, mean, you, to be fair, I, his, you his walk the military. Acting, his bone spurs were acting up on him. So yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that that's it, it, it's not the first time in history that some that a, a leader has taken his. You know, you take your people in, you occupy the capital, and then um, that's sort of all, all she wrote. It's a grudging secession of power. It happened in Italy. So yeah, multiple times. Multiple times, actually, <laughs> the Italians are well, well known uh, for 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 uh, for fascist dictators taking over their their state. Funny enough. Um, All right. Anyway, um, I got probably a short topic. I don't know. what you got, I, though. too, have an interestingly medium sized topic. I don't know where mine will go. Okay. So what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I say you should. Sure, I mean, I, I, you know what? You went first yesterday. I'm going to go first today. Stress. Stress management helped wolves become dogs. Did you hear about this story? Scientific American. Nope. Okay. Rachel Dewar. I mean, like, like you're, this isn't a metaphor. You mean actual wolves no, became dogs? Well, because of stress yeah. management. Well, that, that's that's what these researchers are uh, are uh, basically saying based on their uh, their research. Go on. Go yeah, sure. on. The wolf relatives of modern day dogs began the evolutionary process of becoming humans best friend more than 10,000 years ago. But despite more than a century of research, scientists still do not know the full story of how and why dog domestication occurred in the first place. Now, a new study published on Thursday in Scientific Reports reveals genetic changes that may have allowed ancient dogs to feel comfortable around humans by lowering the stress levels the animals experienced in our presence. Do you have any thoughts or, already? Um, well, so like, yeah, like part of me is like, well, yeah, um, I heard that it was, and I think maybe everyone heard this, and it's probably a myth, maybe. But this mm. is what I heard about: they would have, we would have, you know, our campgrounds or whatever they were, our, yeah. our, our dwellings. Dwellings. There was yeah. food. Yeah. We would give it to them. They would come in. They would stay longer and longer. They would probably, either through their scent or their barks or whatever their howls, yeah. scare off any other kind of animals. And you know, it was just very symbiotic. And I can imagine that. When you feed anyone who is hungry, whatever type of being, their stress levels do go down. But it sounds like almost you're implying that we were made for each other from the get-go. And just like when you see a baby and never seen a baby before, right away, instinctually, you're like, oh, like, are you saying that where like stress levels just innately lower just by seeing one another? This is the first genetic demonstration that supports the hypothesis that mutations in the stress response system initiated canine domestication, says the study's senior author, Mihao Nagasawa, an animal scientist at Azabu University in Japan. Nagasawa and her colleagues recruited the owners of 624 dogs to enroll their pets in a study consisting of two behavioral tasks. Now, this sort of touches on what you were sort of hypothesizing, what you were sort of talking about. So if you stress a dog out, does it become a wolf? Interesting. Can you reverse course? Yeah. Well, you do make it more aggressive. It does become more agitated and angry. And uh, and you, you probably, and if you keep breeding it, you might be able to breed something that is uh, that is not is no longer as amicable to living among humans. Sure, probably, yeah, actually. I mean, based on this, the answer is yes. Over over thousands of years, possible. It is possible. I need an honorary degree. Let me ta- let me get you to the first through to the the two tests because these are interesting. For the first task, the pooches had to rely on clues from the researchers to determine which of two bowls had a treat hidden under it. This task was meant to establish how well dogs understood human communication signals. For this, do you have something to say for the first task? I mean, it's just, yeah. 
Okay. Well, they're already dogs. So how they're picking up on human things, like, yeah, right? Now it, now it is instinctual. It's been 10,000 years. Is that what you're saying? That's that the dog. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, to, to, to an extent. Um, it's, well, look, it, and it built on past findings that even very young domesticated dog puppies are better at understanding human signals than adult wolves raised by people. So I guess that, that's, where the, that's, that's the connection they're trying to make there. So I just to, uh, that's, the sub, that's the subtext of that. For the second task, the dogs were presented with an impossible challenge, opening an unopenable container to access delicious smelling food inside. The researchers measured how much time the frustrated canines spent gazing back at them for help, another behavior that wolves are less adept at than dogs. Yeah, again, I mean, so what's the, so all I'm hearing right now, in the beginning, it sounded like you said, I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even contesting any of this. It's just like, yeah, the wolves were comforted by humans because of what humans did for, I don't even know the human motive for that. I don't know who came up with the idea that, Hey, if we feed these animals and they hang around, things will work out for us. So I don't understand how all that happened. It's probably by chance. How do we have anything, the food and all that mm -hmm. stuff that we have. But mm -hmm. um, it's like, you're saying that, yeah, the, the domesticated animals are now instinctually, instinctually respond favorably to humans. That's correct. And more so than undomesticated animals. That's correct. And I, isn't that what domestication is? You would think. After the test, the researchers analyzed four genes of their canine subjects to look for differences that might relate to their relationship with humans. Given the correlation between changes in the cortisol-producing gene and the more ancient dog group's lesser social cognitive abilities, the authors surmised that lower stress levels likely played a role in dog domestication. Being less wary around humans would be a necessary first step for an animal to begin developing the social cognitive skills needed to better interact and communicate with us. I mean, again, yeah, comfort. Yeah, if you're, you're lowering the stress levels, you're becoming more comfortable with each other. You're building a relationship. You're, you're forging a chemical bond. And then from there, you learn. And I figure you do that generation after generation in 10,000 years, you said. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, cool that they pinpointed it to like a lowering of stress. I mean, well, I yeah, feel that's like, the point of the study. I mean, that, that's the, I, the whole I mean, crux yeah, of I, the article. I would, I mean, that's like, it's fundamental relationship building. Um, you don't really, I mean, you do, I guess, in a toxic relationship, forge um, bonds with people that are, that are stressful sometimes. But uh, in general, yeah, you gravitate towards comfort. Um, Feels like someone's so, been watching the Johnny Depp trial. No, I haven't, but um, <laughs> anyway, I heard that it was abusive. <laughs> but, um, but, but, okay, so here, here's a counterpoint. To here's my this. thing: is that oh, is are okay, you saying, go but, for it. is this? So I guess like my thing is, and I don't know if this touched on this because what you had said in the beginning is it almost sounded like a a switch was flipped, and I don't know how long it took to domesticate a wolf. Which I mean, like, all right, so if they keep doing this to a wolf, how long until that wolf becomes a dog? Will that wolf ever become a dog? Or does it really just have to happen generation after generation? And then that behavior, almost like what we were talking about before, where you can have um, a uh, a family history of being like a blacksmith and your, your great-grandfather, your great-great-great-grandfather, your great-great-great-grandfather, your great-great-grandfather, your, great -grandfather, your, great -grandfather, your father, and now you, you have this epigenetic layer over your genes that is expressing a trait in a certain way that just fundament fundamentally makes you more adapt yeah. uh, or adept to, to being a great, um, right. but even just like swinging in that way, like muscle memory, like whatever right. it is, like mm -hmm. you do have that in the same way where if you like um, well, smoke a lot that. or drink a lot, you can, you can impact you can impact your 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 great grandkids like you 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 change well, your body so is this stress level this comfort this reduction in stress my point is is it expressing a gene in a certain way well that's what they're that's what they're that's what their hypothesis is that that's that's the conclusion they're trying to get to i mean i i will augment your blacksmith analogy a little bit it's less that your grandfather was a blacksmith your father was a blacksmith and then you are now a blacksmith it's more that there is a member if you're if you have a brother, one of you 
is better at being a blacksmith than the other. And the brother who is better at being a blacksmith will actually enter the field of blacksmithing and well, then yeah, pass so that on to his. If, his if, you have, right. if you have multiple kids, right? But the point is, is that you're handing genes down. Now, it is a it is a little bit of a, a roulette. But that's the selection. The that's gene. what I'm trying to say. But the selection, yeah. well, that's what they're saying is that there. it's not every wolf. Like no, it's was not. Better, right. It's no, that it's the not. wolves. Otherwise, would, it wouldn't be any wolves. Right? Well, I'm just saying it's the wolves with a genetic disposition to lower stress when in close contact to humans. Now, how, how that happened, I'm not sure. But those wolves, through breeding, eventually domesticated to the dogs that we know and love today. That, that's, that's sort of it. Is that, that, that's, that natural selection kept the relationship going. Whereas if there were if I wonder were incapable of ever feeling comfort around human beings, then our relationship would never have, our, our paths would never have crossed. We would have always been star-crossed lovers looking at one another across yeah. the great plains of the I African mean, Serengeti. You're saying natural selection, and that, that's a question that I have because there's one thing for you to do this a few times, um, and uh, the wolf expressing a gene in a certain way that that uh, it now develops a trait where it tr it feels more comfortable around humans. Like you said, the stress level goes down. I don't know to what degree that would happen, but once that once there is an opening, I'm wondering because people we've done this throughout history, especially with plants, um, and look, God, look what we do with dogs now. Um, that we took that and then and then bred it ourselves until we bred them into what we have today. Um, until we had that true domesticated dog. I wonder how much of that we took and said, okay, now you're ours little wolf and we're going to breed you with another little wolf that is showing similar disposition towards humans. And you keep doing that over and over. And then you truly do get the, a dog. Are I wonder how much was natural and how much was it, how much of it was us exploiting a trait, which right. is like, when you think about corn, it's like a little, little tiny piece of corn that used right. to happen. And we bred it into what we have today. Um, it's not natural. So I wonder if, how much Sorry, of that played a role? Are you saying that we had two dogs, two wolves, one named Francis, one named Darius? Let's Darius uh, two, started two, acting two, up a little too hybrid, much. Hi, two hybrid, two hybrid, a dog, a dog, wolf. Right. Wolf dog. We had a wolf dog. We had two right. wolf dogs. Francis is nice, amicable, kind, loving. Comes, 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 licks your feet at night when you before you go to bed, trying to take care of you. Darius, little, little uppity, little, little reckless. Darius got out of hand. Too many times, and he, Darius got the the Neanderthal club, not the Neanderthal, but he got the ancient human club. That's the end of Darius. And then, what I think Francis goes is, on, right? Is that what you're trying to say? Is that how he had a wolf pack? Is that what you're trying to say? He had a wolf pack of five dogs, a five okay. wolves. Okay. And two of them got the club, got a little too close, but because oh. they wanted to. And then we took them out of the out of the wolf pack and bred them. And then we had then we had our own wolf pack of five, right. but the really other a dog three. Pack but the other three the other got three the club. We killed the other. No, we killed the other three. That's what. That's what. That's probably how it worked. We, we probably. No, probably I think that, no, no. I think now our dog pack killed the wolf pack. Oh, that, well, that was the idea. They were the dark. They were the guard were, dog. Right. Eventually, you were, that was the training. Is that yeah. we would no longer have to, to 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 kill the wolves that would not that were that would not uh, uh, not subs yeah, that, that would not become subservient. The wolves that would not get along with our program. Yeah. Eventually, we would get the wolves to do that. Why, why would why would we do it? That's why we got the dogs. Right. right? Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. So, OK. Yeah. OK. So interesting here. here listen to this. <laughs> Last part of the article. But Maria Latinian. It's a Finnish name. I do not know Finnish very well. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. But L-A-H-T-I-N-E-N, a visiting scholar at the Finnish Museum of Natural History who also was not involved in the research questions whether the new findings necessarily apply to ancient dogs. The problem, this is her speaking, in this study is that they have used modern dogs to study the past, she says. I would not take this study as an indication of, of anything from the past, but as an indicative of how modern dogs behave. I, I tend to agree with, with that because... All you're doing is saying, yeah, they're domesticated. That's what kind of what I was saying before. Like you're all you're doing is saying, yep, these dogs are picking up on our traits. I, I, I you I mean, I don't not sure how much you can how much more you can say than that than confirming they're domesticated. I, like, 
what are what about a, a wolf's original behavior 10,000 years ago can you derive from this i think that in general this could contribute towards a larger understanding of what constitutes a relationship chemically mm. and saying one of the things that contributes towards that is lowering stress levels that allow for a bond to remain to to forge and and and, and remain strong i think that's maybe universal but i'm not sure how much more you can say to that i think maybe this would just yeah, that's kind of where I'm where I'm at. Okay, that's a good place. I think that's. But a good I'm place. not a scientist. What do I know? I mean, hey, we read these things just to, to you know, we're like we're the common man. This is just I, I think the listeners out there are thinking the same thing. They're mulling the same thoughts over. They're you know they're wondering, you know they're wondering, you know, did Francis get the club or or was he just killed by his brother? You know they're wondering these same things that we're we're wondering. Really, how did the wolf? become the dog. And I thought this was very apt because our last episode, we were talking about the legacy of pets and whether that is something that we could really bring into the future. And uh, we were just discussing, well, you know, we're tossing around the old philosophical football to say, you know, is this a, you know, what, what, what is the sustainability? So I thought this was apt. Plus yeah, it was. And you know plus, what? I'm kind of bummed. Well, okay, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say, plus I get to say, I have a wolf update. And I'm bummed because I was going to do a wolf update this episode and I pushed it to next one. That is unfortunate because this could have been a very good wolfy episode. I know. I know. Anyway. And well, there you go. That's all I got. That's all I got. What do you have? All right. We're going to change gears a little bit, but not too much. We're going to stay within the realm of nature. The tides are coming. Okay. So the oceans are poised to swallow coastal communities due to climate change. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. I think most of us have heard this before. Yes. Where not like the levees are coming. I'm glad you said that. I'm very glad that you said that, Antoine. That is going to play in nicely to this episode. We are not likely to see swells that topple skyscrapers, as you may see in some sci-fi movies. But scientists do predict a six-foot sea level rise in places like Florida by the year 2100. But a place like Miami doesn't have we'll to be wait. Dead. I'll live forever, man. I don't know what you're talking oh, okay. About. I'm getting that so stack. I was, like, I was like, do we really need I'm to read that this? stack? We're I'm be getting dead. that stack. I don't care. Who cares? But well, <laughs> because if well, it, whatever we're going to talk about has to happen a lot sooner. So. A place like Miami doesn't have to wait that long to see an impact from climate change as it's seen six inch sea level rise in the last 25 years, which is one of the fastest rates globally. In fact, sunny day flooding is up up 400% since 2006. And sunny day flooding, for anyone who doesn't know, because I certainly did not. I do not. I've never heard of this term. Nope, never heard of the term. It is tidal flooding. Uh, So basically when a tide comes in. Um, But because sea levels are rising, the sunny day flooding is no longer limited to exceptionally high tides, like a king tide, Mm. which is the highest tide of the year. Now, tidal flooding or sunny day flooding is happening much more frequently simply because there's more water in the ocean. Mm. I think I take issue issue with the idea that we call it a king tide. What's what's the old saying? I mean, couldn't we be a little bit more Shakespearean or Greek about it? Like what the the old saying is like hell hath no fury, like a woman scorn. I I feel like a queen tide should be like the most aggressive, like the the tide to end all tides. Like what's the uh, water god's name? Is it Titan? Neptune. Neptune. What about it from the Little Mermaid? Is it Titan? Titan? That's King Titan. That's a made up Disney Disney movie. I feel like it's I think it's all made up. So why not just go with that one? Okay. <laughs> but uh, I, they actually, when I when they said that, the only time I've ever actually heard of King's Tide, I've, I've never heard of that before, I think was in, um, oh God, uh, the uh, Justice League movie. Aquaman comes on the King's Tide. That's what uh, Bruce Wayne says. Oh, does he? Is that what Ben Affleck says in that movie? You didn't see it? Don't act like you didn't watch the movie, Antoine. I felt I, I couldn't get. Oh, I, uh, stop I got, it! Just I, stop. I, I you did not. You, you watched the whole, the whole thing. You've probably seen it ten times. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You just don't want people knowing because you want to be too cool for school. I just feel like I feel like I feel like you're taking it. And Ben Affleck really just said that in the in the movie where he pretended to be an English knight with a Boston accent. I think that's where that happened. And uh, and I think you're just don't trying act to make like it you didn't watch there. that either after I recommended it. Okay, go on. So yeah, All continue. Right. I, anyway, so by 2100. 
Communities uh, experiencing similar rates can expect their infrastructure to be anywhere from uninhabitable to experiencing perpetual first floor flooding, which is really sad. Um, Aside from the billions of dollars in property damage and loss, inequality and political and social instability, a direct hit from a hurricane could wipe out a dying community right off the map. Like Mm -hmm. that's most likely going to happen uh, in the future. But as bad as this sounds, this isn't inevitable, of course, if leaders take action. Taking Miami as an example, again, a meteorologist from Miami put it this way. Miami's master plan, if implemented, would protect the city from five-year storms. The Netherlands, Rotterdam, by contrast, is protected against 10,000-year storms. Yeah. Now, I did not fact check that, but that's pretty incredible. It's true. That's true. Wow. Because they have a series of, like, a ma- the, the, uh, the Dutch built a massive series of locks. and uh, I shouldn't say locks. I just, they, have, they have basically a ridiculously very good levee system. I, I, I'm not a professional engineer enough to get into the particulars of how it works, but I do know that it is uh, a modern marvel uh, in terms of uh, preventing the city from, uh, because they had a huge storm at, at one point, either in the seventies that uh, like wiped out like basically whole villages and whole towns. And after that, the government got together and said never again. And they put all their might and muster into, uh, into building like the world's most sophisticated uh, flood management system. Wow. What's that like? <laughs> <laughs> What's that like for that? It was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. So People, they didn't do the, they, they didn't go the thoughts and prayers route, huh? They just they did, did something. No, about they it. actually did something about it. It was back wow. when governments kind of work. Yeah. yeah wow. That's yeah. amazing. All right. Anyway. So current plans uh, include pumping water back into the ocean, seawalls, elevated road, roadways and buildings. Uh, but these are all stop gaps. One example is that Miami is built on porous limestone. So a seawall will do little to keep the water from seeping up from the ground. Mm. So the question is, will we make Miami a new age Venice or Amsterdam? Should coastal communities build seawalls or waterways? And so. Okay, go ahead. No, I don't know. Have, I mean, I don't, what's the difference? I mean, it's it, it. I don't know. How do you prevent water from coming up through the line through the ground? No. So I think yeah. So basically, what this is is reimagine what a city could be on the coast, okay. and accept that you're going to have to sacrifice a large portion of your geographic footprint to the water. So you're going to have to accept this half flooded reality. You're going to channel the water, even maybe harness it. Instead of trying to beat back the rising tides, instead of building walls and trying to beat it back and stuff, accept it and channel it. You would have to build canals well, and it, turn your cities yeah. and coastal communities into these these Venices. These well, is that the well? That's ca- the thing. You're you're saying lose. You're you're saying seed real estate to the to the ocean. But in the Dutch example, they've actually reclaimed. Previously 20%. lost lands. Dutch have reclaimed 20% over the past see, century right, without, see, there our, without the technology we had today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, what I meant was you're seeding it to the water, but who says you can't use water? Absolutely. Right? So you can have, you can build bridges, you can have rooftop gardens, you can have aquaculture, you can plant mangroves, you can have water taxis. You yeah. can do all of these types of things. Now, what you need is probably bans on construction in low-lying flood areas, new building codes, elevated infrastructure. Plus, you're always going to have a guy where that's like, why do you need a bridge between the huts between Jersey and New York? Like, what's the point of this? Like, why are we building a bridge here? There's no point for this. This is a waste. You should just be driving. Why, why would you yeah, walk across? You can have that bridge, but there are other bridges fixed <laughs> to other bridges and tunnels first. I'm not saying you can't have that. Just saying, there's always that guy. There's always a guy who's like, why, why, why are we doing this? Don't put a cherry on top of an empty ice cream cone, right? You need the ice cream first. You need to fix the things first before you put mm-hmm. the cherry on top. Okay. Okay. All right. But you do need for this, you know, you need real estate developers and builders and other many other entities to be on board. Sounds like this, a lot of money. And uh, I'm not convinced that there won't be a massive amount of corruption with the money flooding into the city. And uh, the I'm going to put up my air quotes right now, uh, you know, the the, the the new age facilities that are being built around this you need i mean that, that's the problem with this country we're going to throw tons of money at it 
tons of money at private enterprise. Tons of companies are going to come in and say, we've got the last to fix. They're all going to do something different. They're not, they're not going to have a cohesive vision. They're, they're just going to be operating. Left hand doesn't know what right hand's doing. They're just going to be off doing their little fiefdoms, whatever their, their little, uh, uh, the money is funding for their little portion of the city. You're, you're just going to have varying levels of structures and infrastructure, and, uh, and then everyone's going to blame one another when it all starts to collapse because you can't do something like this independent. It needs one massive vision that is, needs to be driven by a government entity, like the, the government, and not sold off to various private entities to fulfill the needs of the people, which is the only way Americans know how to build. So like, I have no faith in any of this ever coming to fruition. And so that's the question is, do you think, because you gave a great example in the Dutch and how they experienced catastrophe and then they did something about it and they did something marvelous. Yeah. Right. And what we tend to do is build blockades, sand dunes and seawalls. And listen, they have their place here. They do. They, they, they serve a function, but they are not the, they should not necessarily be the primary means of adapting to this very new reality that we will be facing yeah. in 20 and 2100. Yeah. But that's all you're ever going to get. That's all so, you're but, because but, all see, we do, do not is- think, do you not think that a contract. we would ever do that where we would ever, and I'm not saying like in a rhetorical way where like you dummy, you don't think they're going to do that. Of course they will. Like, like, do you, I'm kind of just like naively asking, do you think that we would ever do that? Whether before 2100, which is probably less likely, but Very even likely. after when things fail and we are facing catastrophe and we are experiencing perpetual first floor flooding or worse uninhabitable areas. Do you think that they would then actually take a, a drastic step like that and say, all right, eminent domain, we are, you cannot live here. We are no. creating canals and we are going to take all of that water that's washing in and we are going to channel it and divert it and maybe I, put it through dams and things like I would that ask and generate what, energy. Does the article reference what happened after Katrina? What have what is what did New Orleans New Orleans do? I put new levees up, I think, right? Didn't they exactly. do that? Because the right. old ones failed. Yeah, the old ones um, failed. Is that it? That's all they did? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think they rebuilt. No, I don't know. Just like, but, but, but no, I mean, that's the thing is that's kind of why I'm bringing this up. Um, New Orleans, I think just, you know, again, maybe some stronger safety systems, but they rebuilt everything that was, you know, destroyed, but just like on the Jersey shore after Sandy, you had all those homes that washed away. They're on the barrier islands. They Mm -hmm. rebuilt them all. They put some dunes up. That's about right. But, and some seawalls and some seawalls that erode every year and they have to bring sand back from the ocean and pump it back into the beach. Like all that stuff happens. Well, that's all you're ever going to do. You have to contract it out. You have to contract it out. You have to create a government contract that some corporation needs to fulfill. No, no corporation is going to fulfill a massive uh, generational work because they, because there's no return on investment in that. Okay. So the government does it. So you're saying only the federal government can do this. Yes. Will they do this? Will people accept this? Make money on it. But or do you think the federal government would ever do it? Do you think that's something that people no, would get behind? Because you can't make money on it. And the federal government only does things that um, did it. And you tell me, did they make money off the interstate? Did they make money off of the interstate? The Hoover Dam. The is interstate, the interstate is a really fun, funny history, historical conversation. The, the interstate was only built because For the military, right? Right. Exactly. It was a, it was a means of protecting us from invasion. So do we need shipyards? Do we need shipyards at the upstream of all these canals? You you to launch to launch submarines? Is that what we need? The city of Miami needs direct threat from Russian submarine or like yeah from adversarial uh, means in order to create uh, a a system of levees for some reason to make it so that it's more easily defensible. Yeah, that's probably what. But here's the thing. Even at that time, it was still an upward battle to get the interstate passed. It was it was not it, was, it had incredible opposition in the government uh, that, that that's why they had to go the military route in order to, like, push it through. I, I don't know what it was. Why they made today. Roger Rabbit. It's why they. they well, yeah. Well, made I mean, Roger Rabbit. Is, yeah, well, yeah, that's how you destroy Toontown. Before that, it was a, it was a great ucopia of tunes. Make it Some love to say- other tunes. <laughs> Some might say we would never have Roger Rabbit without the interstate. We wouldn't. I mean, look, I mean, I, 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 I just I, I cannot drum up uh, enough optimism here because, A, we most likely will never see what may actually come to fruition because no one's going to take tackle this. Because especially when a scientist does something like 2100, no one's going to look at this until 2085. The city's going to go through tons of flooding, ton, billions of dollars in damage. They're going to either rebuild. 
or people relocate. And well, that's just saying by, just, by 2100, it'll hit six feet. That, that was just like it, six feet, six foot of sea doesn't rise. It doesn't matter what but, they said. But you throw a number out there, but no one's going to do anything about it. But three feet is going. Well, I assume that city engineers would be saying, yeah, that's cool. Six feet at three feet. We're underwater. That's fine. <laughs> like, like, that's just it's not a say that at six feet, that is the threshold where then all cities are in danger. That's just saying in 2100, there'll be six feet. That's not a story or commentary on what's a threat to a city. I think if anyone's playing the market, the stock market, I'd be looking at corporations that uh, specialize in uh, industrial vacuuming, like any any companies that industrial fans, right? Anyone fans, cleaning up blood mess, right? Messes. Big, like in terms of just uh, ongoing uh, suction of of uh, floodwaters, remainder of floodwaters, in order to dry up land faster. I would be investing in those companies right now because they're going to be the people who are most likely going to receive any funds that would come of trying to do anything about this issue. Do you? like the idea of turning coastal communities into communities with canals and things like that to divert the water. It's a beautiful thing to do. Does that concept, is that, is that theory sound for you? It's like, yeah, I get it. The water comes in and you channel it, you divert it. it. Like the movie Volcano with Tommy Lee Jones and the, and the lava comes and they, they, they build the channel to to divert the lava from the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just like that. that. I mean, it worked. Like, yeah, I'm just saying we, it's, we're not geniuses, you know. That, that's sort of what I get sick of with this country. It's like, what, what, what are we, what, what are we going to argue? It's, it's been done. The Netherlands exists. It's beautiful. They've, they've got that. They've got picturesque landscapes as a result of channeling. What is it? The tulips and the and the windmills. I mean, they, <laughs> we've seen it. It's already been done. You, you could either choose to do it or choose not to do it. We're going to choose not to do it. We're going to choose not to do it because we're too corrupt. There's just too much money to be siphoned off of any mass, any big investment of, of funds, any taxpayer money at all. There's just too much to, to, to steal. There's is there no too? Way. Is there? So you're saying there's more money to make off a dying town than rejuvenating the town? Always, always. That you're you you hit the nail on the head. That is exactly what I'm saying. There's way more. And there's way more to make. You could get far richer by letting a problem continue and then getting that government contract every year to clean up the mess than trying to fix a problem and then drying up your 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 means for for making it's not even making a living it's for making profit yeah why would you dry up your means for making profit it's my argument against charity there is a reason charities never solve the issues that charities claim to solve <laughs> because if you did well, there's not really much of a reason to work at the charity now, is there? <laughs> it's it's going to go away. It doesn't terrible, really work that way. So, such a terrible way to. I mean, I can't dis. Because I'm sure there are good and bad apples. I'd like to think no, that I'm some charities are trying to. It's not people. That's the other thing. It's not people. It's it's you get swept up. Everyone just. You're gets saying swept that up. there's an intentional thing with a charity to say like, all right, let's not do too good of a job because. Well, but, no, but this goes into, I think the comment I made to you before was, and I'm, this is, this isn't right because I'm not, I, I'm not smart enough to know what every charity does, but most charities that I'm aware of, they're not necessarily trying to solve the root issue. They're trying to soften the blow. That's correct. That's my point. There's no incentive to solve the root issue. The well, incentive, they, they can't, they, they don't the, have no, the, the resources or to do that. Of course you do. You you pull and power and experience. How is a charity going to compete with, you what? know, industry and government? government? Yeah. Who's who should be on your side helping you? Solve well, no, the that's a, that's a completely different issue. What I'm saying is, how is the char? You're saying that the government is corrupt. That, how's a charity gonna, like? How's that the charity's fault? The charity is saying the steel industry or whatever industry it may be is in cahoots with the government to do whatever the existence of the charity this way. And the charity is going in and handing out water bottles. You yeah. Know, well, like, I'm just saying the existence of the charity means that there is um, not pulp. It's uh, what is it? Uh, a couple deniability. What is it? Uh, it's something like that where it allows right. The existence of the charity is plausible it, deniability. That's it. It's plausible deniability to the government and to government officials. So the politicians don't have to worry about the issue because there's a charity in place. And the, so it's a symbiotic relationship of basically not solving problems. I'm not saying one is 
either like nefarious and that they're they're evil and out to destroy the world. I'm just trying to say that it's like, what is it? That little bird that that eats the things off of the rhino. So it's, there's it's no like, it's a parasitic relationship. So you can't yep. get out of it. Or I could. So I could see that being true if well, I could see it being true and untrue where the government sees it that way as almost like how Congress doesn't pass laws or take any action. They punt to other branches where the government's like, I don't want to, ta- I don't want to take this on right now because it's very unpopular and I'm probably going to fail doing it, but I may set someone else in the future up for success. But what does that do for me? So I'm going to rely on these charities to soften the blow and just keep people That's tamped right. down enough where it doesn't impact my campaign. Right. But the charity may be saying, listen, we're just trying to do what we got to do. Yeah. This guy's using us, but if we don't do it, no one will. And then people suffer. Or are you saying that the charity knowingly does this and it got into this game for that reason? There are, I would say there are many charities that get into a game based on the tax benefits. That's why a lot of very wealthy people are behind charity. Yeah, um, right. So there's that, comment. there's that. And I, I would say, look, I'm not going to come down on all charities. Like, I mean, look, I, you know, St. Jude's, you know, well, they're not a charity, but the people do char- charitable drives to fund that hospital because they're trying to cure children's cancer so there there are things that are you know that, that, that's a great thing to be doing but the other but you but you cannot ignore that because they are doing what they're doing there's less of a pull on the government to step in and say we need to really fund this like we really need to pour more resources into this they're like no st Jude's is doing it We're, i mean they're, they're, everyone seems to be pretty copacetic and happy doing these drives and everything it's it's, it's getting it's it's getting its money so we can you know there's just not the, the public pressure to necessarily get involved in issues that have very high profile charities attached to them. That's really where my argument comes from. That is not necessarily what this topic is about in terms of structural in, like infrastructure in this country and why it will not ever be resolved, but it is akin to it. It is akin to it. Something they're, like St. Jude's they, is trying to get to a root issue, right? They are, they are a trying. Research, they're trying. Yeah, like they're, yeah but they're they're can't, not, they cannot do it on their own. They need much more. And that's the thing. That's what's funny. I mean, that, that's what's crazy about it. Just like you said, no charity could solve the issue. They need more. They need more. And because they exist, there is less pressure. So that's what I'm saying. It, that, that's that parasitic relationship. Yeah, it just... You said it yourself. They saw yeah, the blow. But, but when you it spoke, works when you both spoke, ways. But I don't. I guess I don't like. I don't like it being parasitic because the parasite there would be the charity, and I don't. It is. It's the, not, the thing is, we cannot use parasitic in a term of of demonization. We're not it, no, trying to no, de- but, demonize but par- anyone. But, but there but is there, a parasitic but, but, relationship. Uh, yeah, but I feel. I mean, if you solve the issue, the charity goes away. Like, but, <laughs> That's uh, the charity needs the issue to exist. The government allows the issue to exist so that they don't have to have the pressure of solving it. So everyone is essentially a parasite off of the issue at hand. But the issue existed already. It's not like the charity created it. The, the, the charity arose well, to I mean, that, address that, something that the government wasn't already taking I, care of. No, no, well, well, do you know it, what I mean? Oh, like, I do. I do. No, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, I it's not truly fair to say that the issue did it get worse? That's the thing. So did the issue exist before the charity? Sure. But some issues there, you could actually, I mean, I think uh, I don't want to make, don't want to push too many claims, but there is <laughs> definitely murmurings out there that some issues get worse as a result of too many charities being attached to them because that is less public pressure on the government to resolve. I understand anything. that. I mean, that that's another thing. And I think that, it's a fair point to say that charities are being exploited because people have a perception that something is happening, that progress is being made because charities exist, therefore do not put as much pressure, or in some cases, any pressure on the government to do something about it so that maybe the charity can move on to the next thing until the government can divert resources to that thing and solve it. Um, Instead, it's being it's being exploited in that way and you know intentionally not intentionally i know that you know government has a lot of things to focus on i'm not in it i don't know you seem to know a little bit more about it than me but i could i can see how that could happen i would hate to put the onus on the charity at, or or or, a ref, or or you know i'm sure there are like i said bad apples where they are getting into the game for this for a specific purpose it's 
a little more um, nefarious and less altruistic than maybe others. But and again, not I don't know. There's nobody. I don't. I, can't, I don't know if I, it's hard for me to who, call it a parasitic yeah. relationship. I know that you're saying. You're, it sounds like you're saying parasites are not inherently bad. That's correct. <laughs> you say that. That's just I am saying that. Yeah, <laughs> I am saying that. Um, I don't. I mean, the par- the only parasites I know of usually usually kill the host. Um, or no, well, or, well, that's or why I brought up the, the well, that's why I brought up the the, the bird that uh, lives on the on the back of the rhino because it is helping clean the rhino of. Is that um, considered a parasite? Like the like the cleaner fish not, on the bottom of sharks and stuff. Are I don't parasites? know. If, I, I, I'm using the word parasitic. I'm not necessarily saying that they are <laughs> a parasite because I, I'm not sure what the technical definition of or just what, like a symbiotic relationship. Uh, no, 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> no. The rhino gets friend. The bird no. gets to eat. No, 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 because the bird is the bird is the bird would be uniquely the bird keeps the mosquitoes if, away. If if the bird heard of a place the rhino could go to live where there would no longer be any of these delicious grubs on their skin, that bird would have little to no incentive to direct the rhino to that place of 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 of, of domicile. Well, why is it the bird's responsibility to do that? Why is it anyone's responsibility to do that? Exactly. Like, well, oh, yeah. We can alleviate charities of any responsibilities. Like, well, they're just trying to do their thing. Well, well then who's responsible? Whose responsibility is it? It's, it's not the government. It's, well, if it's, the charity is it everyday charity, people. Is if it the, the charity biggest, gets in the game visible of, if, symbol if the cha- of that if you have a charity, type of issue? If, if you have a charity to use their platform, if you have a charity, if you have a charity, go to the next hurricane struck area to hand out clean bottles of drinking water. It sounds like you're like, dude, if you're not building their levy system, then get out of there. Well, I think that's a little different. I think that's a that's not really. A, but that's kind of what you're saying. I don't think I mean, I think you're or for, well, all right. You, we need to we need to pare this down because it, using that example is a that's a difficult example because the charity in question would have to be a disaster relief organization. Okay, so they have to specialize in disaster relief, which means that it would be very unlikely for you to find them on a board of uh, disaster prevention. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm trying to get what at. What are you talking about? I'm trying to say it would be very unlikely to find them necessarily a, working that closely with a committee that was, uh, that yeah, that that's whole point was to uh, to mitigate disaster to the point where you would no longer need someone to come in and provide uh, those types of functions. I, now, look, I don't, I don't want to say that that's necessarily because I mean, I there, I do, there are definitely charities out there that work with the government in order to quote unquote solve a particular problem. All I, all I like to facetiously point out to the general public and to our listeners is that problems have existed for a long time. Many charities are several decades old and ha- are still handling the exact same problem that they started handling decades ago. And I'm just trying to point out that that is the, that is a very normal, that's a normative relationship for a charity to a problem because they don't solve problems. And you're, and I hear what you're saying, you're like, well, they're trying to soften it. And I'm like, well, in softening it, in their softening, they are more often than not prolonging the problem. And that, that's all I'm getting at. So I'm not saying anyone's evil. And it's evil. difficult. I, I can't. It's a difficult no, and, relationship. And, and I think that that's more that the people have to understand that that is a um, an an unfortunate byproduct. Uh, byproduct. Thank you. It's a, it's like an inadvertent byproduct of what the charity is trying to do, and we need to hold government accountable. Sure. I mean, yeah, we're we're looking at it from a government. different lens. You're saying it's a unintended byproduct and i'm saying that it's a very much intentional byproduct of the entire program that's what i'm trying to get at and i'm not saying that any one person is is necessarily driving if i if i if i hit if i hit the lottery tomorrow and all of a sudden i'm worth 500 million dollars and i open up a charity to do something around town that i think um would be beneficial but i don't have the means the whatever to do whatever i want but i'm rich now i'm one of these rich people um you're telling me that if I don't get to the root cause to eliminate it entirely, that I'm in the wrong, even though no, the that, thing see, exists. That's what I'm saying. You're 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 doing what 
most people do. We're not most, but not necessarily. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, by the way, there's no attack on you in terms of it, but in terms oh, of the scenario, sure. right. You're, you're, you're bringing it down to the individual and I'm trying to very much not bring it into the individual. It's not about it, one individual. You're person. saying, are you saying matured? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, saying, yeah, exactly. I'm saying the organization like, that you char- set charities up, that have become much Bigger, they've been yes. around forever yeah i mean that, i don't know of any charities that are just one per like i mean aside from like the gate foundation but that, that has so many hands it's like an international right. like, global aren't like animal sanctuaries like charity type thing or aren't like those are different those are different but again it's uh they're, they're very rare to just be a single person that is spearheading the thing especially because once that person dies then it usually it either goes into the hands of family members who become board members and they're so wealthy people so I'll just say there's there's less. So would you be more comfortable if it was a general charity where if something did no, get I don't solved, think, they would no, just no. move on to the thing? No, no, I don't. I I I think to, I, mean, I the whole system of charity I think is is uh, is is a harm. I agree with you that it shouldn't exist because everyone should be taken care of. But the fact of the matter is, is that they aren't. Now I understand that if people think that they are being taken care of through a charity, that then they're not. There won't be any uproar, and there'll be no incentive for a politician to do anything about it. Yeah. That's the unfortunate byproduct for me. Sure, there may be charities that are um, have become dependent and people in their jobs have become dependent on an issue existing so that they can work to solve it or soften it. But still, that's on the government because only the government has the resources to solve these things. Absolutely. It's still the government. Absolutely. I can't hold the charity accountable, even if they're I, I hate to say this in it for the wrong reasons. If they're but still yeah, I mean, providing again, benefits to people like again, you're. You're personifying the charity, and I really want to make the distinction here. To All right, say so that then make I'm me not, understand. Make me well, understand. I'm just trying to say, like, this is not driven by a mad, you know, supervillain. This is not the scarecrow. This is not the Joker behind a charity that is maniacally, systematically destroying our systems. I'm just trying to say that you're looking at an institution, and the institution can have injurious effects in the system in which it plays. That's all we're talking about here. I'm just saying, I get it, but you can't remove dead, it. You can't remove it. Of course you can. Of course you can, because you could just you could divert any of the resources that the government currently does in order to give tax breaks and make incentives. Yeah, but that's the government. You just you just yeah, know it's about the government. government. It is about the blame the charity, even if it's even if it's a whole institution, they only exist because of the the government's flaws. And I'm not blaming the charity. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm really not blaming the charity. I understand. No, so I understand what you're saying, that there's this system yes. but the lifeblood of that system is the government everything well the government is the people the populi i mean that, that, that of course everything boils down to what the government is and isn't doing i'm saying that the charities end up being a very nice scapegoat for the for the government that's, i mean to, to that point it's the uneducated population that allows well, yeah, that well so, everything is yeah. everything is i mean everything goes back to yeah. it. i mean i think it's really funny that in your analysis in your scenario you brought up the worst charity of all which is the lottery that is by far the most injurious charity that exists within our system. Is it? I mean, I, I I'm. Well, I, I mean, yeah, yeah because, because, Why? The, because the, the lottery alleviates it's just any, gambling. Exactly. It makes people. I mean, I, I don't gamble. Right. So but, you're not looking. But my point is, is that the, I mean, I, I play the lottery periodically and nothing right. crazy. But I like well, I'm just I'm just trying year, to say that a, a lottery winner becomes a symbol for other people to feel that that is a way of improving one station in this world. Are you telling me that to, people are, are, are they're relying on that? Absolutely. What, what you think people just play? You think the lottery gets all that money because people are just playing for fun? I think that people could play out of desperation and things like that. Yeah. But well, you, why are they desperate? They, they pass. And why are they putting up, their money and but, but it sounds their like energy into that system as opposed to fixing the government and well, fixing the, the other things because the lottery is well, easier. Because that's what it's no, made well, I do. think I think it would pacify. It probably pacifies people to a degree that are really that's desperate, and have no, but they have no opportunity. Um, well, that's what I'm saying. They have no opportunity because the lottery is it's a, dis- it's, a, it's a distraction. But yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, yeah, well, a I, lot of, I would I'm just pointing out that it's one of the more. But there's we, a, we but were talking there, in the I realm mean, of charity, but so in the realm of charity, dude, there's like so much that we have in our society that is. I'm saying it's, it's just a distraction. I'm saying, hey, look, it's, it was it's enough not for the you. worst institution in the it, world. Here's the thing. All I mean, I'm saying is it was enough for that to be the first thing you jumped to in order for you to start changing the world was I won the lottery. I'm just trying. I'm just pointing that well, out. How else that's would I get first... enough money to be the? Because you said the rich, yeah, the rich people are the ones I'm, that are doing these charities. I have right. no other way. 
Well, I mean, well, that's me personally, I'm, I'm old enough where it's like <laughs> much more that's going to happen in my life that's going to make me take a drastic turn to be a billionaire. So um, it's the lottery at this point. So I guess the lottery is for more than just, as I'm trying to say, even your make-believe scenario, the lottery is now transformed and opened itself up to not just being yeah, for I'm not, people yeah, with I'm not little to be, no other choices. I'm not going to be a star athlete or a performer or open up the new Facebook or whatever it is. Like It's just right. not going to, it's not in the cards for me. Right. So I'm saying the, a, a means of changing one's stars. The first thing most people think of is the lottery. That's why that's all I was pointing out to jump. Yeah. Well, no, to jump, no, to jump from where you, your station you are in now to the highest in society. Yeah. It's like, I mean, yeah. Well, all right. I, I, I hear I what mean, you're saying I, I, in terms I, of that. In terms of yeah, in terms of that that massive leapfrog. But yeah, I'm saying very, very there are many people who are out there just hoping to win so that they can pay bills. You know, they're 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 not they can actually no keep I their that. keep their home for the rest of their life. You know, so but I would I wouldn't yeah. I don't know that they're passing up on opportunity to increase their income because they're like no 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 I'm doing a lottery sorry. Sorry, well, I don't want that high-paying job because I'm doing the lottery. But the lottery, like, I don't think taking, that's happening. But the lottery is taking money out of their pocket, and it's a double dip because the government is taxing you for your wages, and then also taxing you through your dreams of, of getting out of your. That's not. I mean, that's, state not, of that's not a bad argument through the that's lottery. Not, so that's it's a not a bad argument on the that's government. Not, that that's not a bad argument. But that's what, well, that, well, that's part of it. That's well, that's that's part of my argument. I'm just I'm I'm laying the groundwork. I'm I'm starting off small and I'm and I'm, I'm building up. But that's that's also that's it's on the yellow brick road. If we were to talk about the lottery, it's a yellow brick road to to see the wizard. There are many aspects of the lottery that are injurious to our society. I was starting off with the fact that most people the first, when you create a scenario of a dream, it starts with it. And then, yeah, one of the more one of the other ways is, is which the government is double dipping on your wages by by selling you a hope and a prayer that you might actually get out of a station of life that the government has kind of helped keep you in or, or at least in part has created the situation that is allowing you to squalor and waller, wallow in this malaise without very little opportunities to get out of it. The one that they're giving to you is the lottery. You've advocated for lottery systems before, so it's not the concept of the lottery. It's how the current lottery system. Yeah, I'm talking conducted. about the money. I'm talking about the lottery, not a lottery. Yeah, of course. There's, there's different. Yeah, you you can do a lottery for housing. I mean, yeah, there's there's very yeah. I'm talking about the lottery, the lottery to get rich. That's the lottery I'm, I'm condemning right now. Okay. I'm saying that is a that is a very evil institution that is just really running about. In every single municipality is just banking on that double dip. They just they know that they can't charge people enough taxes, but they know they can they can they can use the poorest of their constituents as leverage to get more dollars into the system by banking on their dreams of aspiration. So if they didn't tax the earnings, would you be okay? Or do you want everyone to get 52 free lottery tickets a year? No, I don't, I don't want. No, I don't want the lottery to exist. I want. <laughs> I want taxation appropriately uh, across the board. And instead, what's happening is the poorest people are subsidizing most of our life, or most of our of the of the of the crumbling infrastructure that we call our uh, our our great state and nation uh, through things like the lottery. They're 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 paying more into the system than a wealthy person uh, by being sold a bill of goods. You heard it here, folks. Antoine never thinks. That coastal communities will have waterways. No, <laughs> not unless they would. Not unless we create a waterway lottery for cities. Ooh, coastal community lottery. Coastal community lotteries. Your city's going to be saved. That's basically what Amazon did. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. That's what it will take. Amazon will be like, "We'll save your city. Just give us enough tax breaks. Well, you might win the Amazon lottery. The Jeff Bezos go around." That's the real name. It's called the Jeff Bezos reach around because 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 they'll they'll implant. <laughs> then you realize how screwed you are. Well, the cities know they can always put up a bridge and have him pay for it to be disassembled and reassembled. So I love a bridge. Get nice him back. Walkable, nice walkable bridge across the Hudson. It's beautiful. <laughs> Make sure you block it. his super yacht. Yep, that's exactly right. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's how you get. That's how you get the monies. Make sure they can't right. get their yachts out. Anyway, yeah. So that's the, the topic, and that's the episode. So, Jamie, where can they find us? At Retraction Media. Hit us up on Twitter. Thanks so much for all the comments coming in, feedback and topic ideas. Keep them coming. And don't forget, 
pick out your favorite episode and send it to someone you know. And with that, retraction.